what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? All right, we are gonna dive into something truly powerful today. I'm gonna share with you eight different keys that really make overcoming anxiety effective. (laughs) This is so important, as you can imagine, in the times and in the season that we are in. It's something that I didn't really know or understand that I battled with. I used to call it, and I still do, future tripping because I would get tripped out about the future. I would have, you know, I'd go on this trip in my mind, right? (laughs) People say you trip in, right? But I was tripping in my mind about what hasn't even happened yet, the things that I didn't want to have happen. It was a hot freaking mess all up in my mind. So one of the big, big keys that I remember taking away in study time, it actually comes from Isaiah 40 and 29, if you want to use that as a reference, and also Isaiah 40 and 31. So you likely don't have your word in front of you, so I'm going to enlighten you with that. So this is the main key that's going to bring us to the eight keys. Let's get it. So Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Come on! Like, what? So basically, God gives power to the faint and weary. So anytime you feel overwhelmed, anytime you feel stressed out, anytime you feel anxious, anytime you feel like things are out of control and you just can't make sense of it, God gives power to the faint and to the weary. When you're ready to give up, when you've been pushing, 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 when you're just tired of the fight, God gives strength, he gives power to the faint and to the weary. And to him who has no might, like you're done, you're you're at zero. You might even be close to being in the negative if you're not there, (laughs) right? He increases strength. And check this out. He doesn't just increase it because God isn't above and beyond God, right? He causes it to multiply, making it to abound. Check that out. How strong is that verse? I have Isaiah 40, 29. So what that means, a lot of times when we see people that are going through some of the most insane circumstances and they're strong and they're confident and they're solid, right? Like they're just stable in how they show up. And you're like, how are you even standing right now? Like this is nuts, right? How you're showing up. It's God, okay? (laughs) It is God. In our human strength, alone, we will faint. We will get weary, right? But that's why there's this encouragement. And that's why the word is so, so powerful. God gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Come on, Jesus, right? 
So that is the first one that I want to share. I've experienced this truth in my own life, and I honestly believe that being filled with the Holy Spirit actually gives us physical energy. There's been many times where I am weary, (laughs) where I am wiped out. I have no might. I feel just weak, right? But God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And many times I've been quickened by the Holy Spirit and have suddenly gone from being extremely tired or frustrated or just unmotivated in a lot of ways to feeling as if I could run, right? Or just super energized, seemingly out of nowhere. And this is a good reason, in my opinion, to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit. We need all the energy we can get, right? I firmly believe that we can make ourselves feel drained by the way that we think and talk. And I've seen this to be true. The more we focus on things that are negative, the more we gossip, the more we murmur, the more we complain, we can literally make ourselves feel drained by the way we think and talk. Likewise, here's the good thing, we can help ourselves feel energetic by following these biblical guidelines for everyday living. So this one and another one I'm about to share. It seems, as I'm sure you've noticed, that most people in the world right now are tired. Tired, like tap me out. (laughs) Part of this fatigue comes from being too busy, but a large part is due to the way that people think, how they talk, how they act towards other people, really how they show up. And it's a result of not being filled or being filled with the wrong things, right? And focusing on the wrong things and talking about the wrong things and getting into a pattern and a rhythm that does not serve them. And the Holy Spirit, here's the catch, the Holy Spirit will not energize us to be mean, to be hateful, to be selfish, self-centered. He will actually give us strength and energy to do the things God has called us to do and to be kind, loving, diligent, and focused in the process. And this is a great key to, to discern and to use wisdom when you're interacting with other people, especially Holy Spirit is not going to energize people to be hateful, selfish, and self-centered. So test the spirits, (laughs) right? But God and Holy Spirit will empower us to be kind, loving, diligent, and focused in the process, especially when we are weak because he increases our strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. So take the lesson that you are not, this is not going to be something when you need strength, it's not going to be something that you can push yourself to do, you can force yourself to do, you can hustle yourself enough to do. You might have gotten some results doing that in the past, but they don't last. And and what do you have to do in the process? You completely burn out <laughs> in the process of pushing yourself that way when you could just count on Holy Spirit, right? And humble yourself a bit. So that is... The first verse, now this next one, Isaiah 40, 30, says this, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Wow, wow, wow. 
So I know some of the language here is interesting, but basically even, even the, the young ones, right, that we see that are full of energy and full of life, right? And some people would say, wait till they get older, right? Don't listen to those people. But <laughs> even the strongest of the strong, even the most useful, the most seemingly energized, right, shall fall and stumble and get exhausted, right? But, 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 I don't care how strong you are in the natural, how, how much you've practiced being strong in your own physical strength, right? Those who wait for the Lord. And what does wait mean? Wait means expecting God, looking for God, and hoping in God. Not putting your expectation in other people or what you can do or in the world, but expecting God, looking for God, and hoping in Him in all times and in all things, right? Those that do that shall change. They shall change. Come on. You can't change yourself. But if you look to God, he can change you and renew your strength and power and lift you up, right? So that you shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint or become tired. Okay. So hopefully you're getting the message that this isn't something that you muster up. Okay. Quietly waiting on God is key here. Spending time alone with God in prayer, in worship, or in Bible reading, feeding on the word, literally. That's what encourages you. That's what energizes you. And that does more to restore our bodies, our minds, our emotions than anything else we can do. And I used to challenge this. (laughs) I lived many of my, my years without having a Bible, definitely without being in the word, not running to God, not spending quiet time, not even being able to be still if I'm real, right? So I did not get how slowing down could actually speed up the results that I was after. How is that even possible? It doesn't make any sense. It was completely not logical. (laughs) It didn't fit with my own understanding, but come on, that's a word. It's not going to fit with your understanding, right? So quietly waiting on God, And waiting on God does not just mean like sitting, twiddling your thumbs. It's an active thing. It's spending time alone with God so you can actually be in receive mode. Often through our lives, we're not even in receive mode. It's worshiping him and switching your state on the inside of your soul to that of gratitude and praise and thanksgiving and even feeding on the word because that is going to encourage you. That's going to give you wisdom. That's going to give you discernment. That's going to give you perspective. That's going to give you your strategy. That's the source of everything that you need. You're going to find it in God, right? And doing that, having a practice of seeking God and spending time with him daily, hence quietly waiting, right? You can't have a TV on. You can't have all this music blaring. You can't be, you know, on your phone. You've got to create space, right? That will do more to restore your body, your mind, and your emotions than anything else that you can do. So you don't need to run to your medicine cabinet, right? Your prescription is in the word, okay? (laughs) We need to do this regularly. So having this quiet time with God and not letting anyone take those consecrated moments is going to be what empowers you to face everything you need to do with renewed physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual strength. So the key here, and I found this to be true, the minute we decide we make up our mind to spend time with God... (laughs) What happens? Your phone rings, you get that text message, suddenly you're hungry, you want to go make a cup of coffee, right? Like you just get distracted. So it's key to be disciplined about this time and unapologetic about it. Let those around you, if you share a living space with other humans, let those humans know that this is your time. Lock yourself in a room if you have to, go into a closet if you have to, but have 
a space set up so that you can quietly wait and spend time with God every day. If you know that's the source of your empowerment, you're not going to be nonchalant about it, right? You're going to prioritize it and you're going to let some people know. Make them aware, okay? (laughs) And here's the thing too. A lot of times we think that there's all of these other things that we need to be doing versus this. Like we get it twisted often. But if, if there is something that we're supposed to be doing, God will give us the ability to do it. And he'll impress upon our spirit that there's something for us to do. He's not going to lead us anywhere and just leave us there to face it alone, right? In our own weakness or lack of strength. He's going to harden us to difficulties, help us and uphold us, right? With his hand of victory. So when you think that you don't have time to spend with God or when you think that there's something better that you need to be doing, remember that it's God that empowers you. It's God that's going to remind you if there's something that you need to do and give you the ability and strength to do it. So it's something you literally can't afford not to do, in my opinion. So remember, waiting on God, as Isaiah 40, 31 states, is teaching us that waiting on him is expecting, looking for, and hoping in him. It's spending time in his word and in his presence And we don't worry when we wait on God. That's why this is such a big deal. When you think of anxiety, (laughs) you're tripping about the future, but you're all caught up in worry and fear of things not going well or having more of the same or something from the past happening again that was not positive. We can't worry when we're waiting on God and we don't get frustrated while we wait on God. We don't get upset while we wait on God. What we do is we rest, we humble ourselves, we surrender, we accept what is And we trust that God is in control. So sometimes when you start to get nervous and upset, anxious, worried, whatever words that you use to describe what happens to you, you know what happens. You need to tell yourself, sit down. Girl, boy, sit down. Take a seat, right? Give yourself a timeout. (laughs) A divine timeout, okay? That doesn't mean just your physical body, okay? It can be for you depending on how active, hyperactive you are. But it doesn't have to be just your physical body. It should also mean your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's important to let your entire being just rest. Not needing to go chase anything, not needing to go do anything, not needing to do anything but rest and let your soul be empowered, right? So the neat thing is that this new covenant in the word is based on the work of Jesus and has nothing to do with what we can accomplish in our own merit and our own works, okay? So this, these verses are really reminding us that we don't excel by our work alone, right? It's not by might, but by the spirit, right? So it's not our might, it's not our power, it's not everything that we typically rely on, it's the spirit. And so we need to be infused with the spirit so that we can be re-inspired and empowered, right? So my encouragement before we dive into these eight things is if you're struggling in life, take a seat and rest in God's presence. The promise of God's peace is not made to those who work and struggle in their own strength, but to those who sit and rest in God. Wait on him and your strength will be renewed. Man, I will tell you that I struggle with this so much, and I still do from time to time, like I mentioned, but there's nothing that has taught me more, renewed me more, inspired me more, given me wisdom, these downloads of revelation than sitting in the presence of God 
and remembering that I ultimately am not in control. And if I'm anxious, that's a sign that I'm forgetting that (laughs) in that moment, right? I'm forgetting who's in control because, and this may be true for you, you know, when you've grown up and you've taken on false responsibility and you've made yourself useful and that's part of your identity or you're a high achiever, your world can seemingly fall apart when you're not in control, when you're not able to please people, when you're not able to achieve what you think you should be achieving, when you have these expectation hangovers, you can literally self-destruct and very quickly. So it's important to remember that your worth was never tied up into those things and your approval is still not in those things, right? It's established in God. That's not something that changes. So you just have to forget some of those things so that you can remember the real things that matter. Okay, so hopefully that blessed you. I know that's a word, but sit down. (laughs) Give yourself a divine time out. Okay, so let's dive into these eight tips that I have. And if you're a note taker, I recommend taking notes, even if you have a little index card or you wanna make a note on your phone, or even if you wanna flag this or share it with a friend to go back and tackle later, I encourage you to do so. All right, so the number one tip that I have to combat anxiety and rise above it is to quiet yourself, to quiet yourself. What I mean by that is you don't allow yourself to get hyped up. like we can do, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, I just need to have this cup of coffee or I need to take this like uh, pre-workout or I need to um, get a Red Bull or I need to, right, do these eight things before I can do this other thing, right? So we hype ourselves up sometimes and we that's the opposite and it has the adverse effect, right? So the opposite happens. The things that we don't want to have happen happen because we get ourselves all hyped up, right? So How do you quiet yourself? This is going to be unique to you. Some suggestions that I have. Prayer. Prayer immediately reminds me that I probably should have been praying more. (laughs) Meditation and literally learning to fix your mind on the word and focus on the word. Right? I don't believe in just letting your mind wander because the mind is already really great at doing that. But I believe in fixing your mind on God's truth because it's God's word that doesn't return void, right? You can listen to praise music, worship music. I usually recommend not even having lyrics or words unless you're using that as a declaration and affirming what needs to be true for you in that moment. (laughs) But I personally like music without words only because in that time you can kind of do some prophetic stoking where you just close your eyes for a bit you focus in on your breathing you allow your mind to visualize what you know is true right and you just spend that time with god and let him reveal to you things that you've been praying about right So what does victory look like in this situation? If I were to hand this to God, what does that look like? And just picture yourself doing these things that you crave and that you need. And then there could be a literal quietness too. I know for me, all of the noise in certain seasons, I had to learn to turn that down so that being in silence and in stillness could become my new rhythm and my new normal, so to speak. It was so foreign to me after living in several big cities or having constant chaos around me and a lot of distractions and always being on the go, to just be still and be quiet felt super awkward. Like I felt almost like something was missing or like something was wrong with me. Like who just sits in quiet and stillness? That's weird. That's what weirdos do, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, the word calls them peculiar people. And I have grown to embrace my weird. And I love quiet time so much. I don't have TV on. I don't actually often have music on. I have a very quiet living space. And I prefer that. I crave that. Because when life is so busy, you need a space that you can retreat to. And I need that. So having this quiet space makes it easier to quiet yourself a lot of times. And I recommend having it be a clean space so that you don't have that urgency to get up and go organize things. <laughs> and it really just, this quieting yourself, what it's actually doing is it's allowing your spirit and your mind to just breathe, right? So that your spirit doesn't have to process this data that we're constantly bombarded with. You can just breathe without having to do anything, right? And so nature is another great thing, just being able to walk in nature because nature is a way of restoring the soul, right? Like it just has this way of reminding you how life happens and just the flow and the rhythm of the spirit of life. So this is really where you can experience this perfect peace of God because the word will tell us that God's perfect peace, he'll give that to us when our mind is stayed on him. So that's why meditation is fixing your mind on God, right? So it's challenging our normal way of showing up and feeling like we need to do all these things. But when we slow down, we realize we never really did. So number one is quieting yourself so that your mind can be stayed on God. Okay. Number two is just practice being grateful. Focus on the blessings that surround you and intentionally focus on them. Okay, so when we want that peace, the quickest way to get there is being thankful. So I had a, a thought about this, you know, when something isn't going right, quote unquote, <laughs> in your life or the way that you expected it to go, remember that you can't have all of these other blessings that it brought into your life if it also wasn't disrupting your soul in some kind of way. Because sometimes... Pressure actually brings really great, beautiful things. It brings potential out of us. It causes us to take new action and, and be creative. So focus on the blessings that you do have. I mean, so many, you've heard this saying before, likely, that so many people are praying for what you have, right? But our tendency is we've prayed about something, we get it, and then how quickly are we making excuses about how it's not what we thought it would be, or, you know, we just get ungrateful, and that can just be a really, really bad habit, if we're real. It just trains your mind to focus on the wrong things, to talk about the wrong things, and to be all stiff, <laughs> and like wound up and hyped up all the time, right? So process what you're going through by being grateful. Practice being grateful in all you do and in all you experience, and you will literally train your mind to focus on those things. Number three is resist the tendency to magnify moments of pressure, okay? This is going to take some self-analysis, some self-reflection, but I know in my experience, all it takes is one thought. All it takes is us exaggerating one thought, and then we can bring ourselves into a full-blown panic attack. We just need to learn, really, to calm ourselves down. And you can do that by resisting this tendency to magnify moments of pressure. So when we feel that discomfort in our soul, when we're feeling that tension, when we can literally feel like heat in our body, when we're starting to get all tensed up, 
resist the tendency to lean into that and learn to calm yourself down. So it's the difference between reacting and responding, okay? But when you resist the tendency to magnify these moments of pressure, they pass. They pass. And they're not always indicating that you need to do anything. You can let it kind of, well, that brings us into the next one. Number four, acknowledge that. Acknowledge that tension. Acknowledge that frustration. Acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge the hurt. Whatever is happening that's bringing you out of this alignment that you have with spirit, right? Resist the tendency is number three. Resist the tendency to magnify moments of pressure. Number four would be acknowledge the pressure. Acknowledge the tension. Acknowledge the discomfort. But here's what you do. You let it pass through you rather than getting all stirred up in it, okay? So it's actually a healthy thing to feel. I know that's awkward for people that have learned to shut off particular emotions, but it's actually healthy to feel. So it's really important to allow yourself to acknowledge, okay, that's uncomfortable, but I'm going to let it pass through me rather than storing that up in me and hyper-focusing on it or magnifying this pressure, okay? Number five (laughs) is a big one, and it's probably not going to be your favorite, but huge breakthrough usually comes from this one work through it. Okay. So acknowledging it is one thing, but the letting it pass through you part that requires some work. Okay. It's not just like, Oh yes, I'm just going to let this pass through me like a hollow bamboo. No. Okay. Like sometimes you've got to actually work through it. Okay. What does that look like? It looks like sitting in it. So we're acknowledging it. We're sitting in it. We're working through What does that mean for me? Is there anything that I need to do? Why am I feeling this way? Why was I triggered? How do I want to handle this? Is it my responsibility to handle this? Is this what God is leading me to do and say, right? You're working through that. You're not just having a reaction because that's easy to do, okay? So as you're working through it, particularly invite God into the situation, right? Holy Spirit will help recalibrate your spirit as you work through it, okay? And really what that looks like is being being able to praise God in it, right? At all times. Being able to understand what does this mean for me, if anything? Is there any action I need to take? And just releasing all the extra so that you're not burdened by it, you're not heavy by it, and you'll you'll get back to this state of peace. And that makes it much easier to respond to your reality. Number six is if working through it, you're having a tough time with that, <laughs> serve your way out. Serve your way out. Really if you're having some challenges working through it, it's because you've become hyper-focused on yourself. And that self-focus can be really dysfunctional, right? And you can't be so self-involved and self-centered if you're serving your way out. So become somebody else's solution. And I believe firmly, I've seen it happen, that when what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. That's obviously not your motive, but That gives you peace of, you know, those times where it's the hardest to give and show up and give to other people what you actually need and would hope that other people would do for you. You give it to them. You give it to them. And God has a crazy way of making things happen for you when you are busy about his business, right? Like God will take care of your business when you're busy about his business. Okay. So serve your way out. That could be really many ways. That could be doing an act of kindness that could be in ministry and a ministry of some kind where you actively plant yourself in that ministry. 
to really groom yourself into the behavior of serving and the character of serving and the maturity of serving. Sometimes it's a longer term thing, so you can really wire that into you. Other times it's in the moment, you know, call that person. It could be, you know, do that act of service for somebody that day. It could be a literal immediate thing. Number seven, oh boy, mature your patience. Mature your patience. Funny story. I, in the beginning of my walk with God, was very intrigued by the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) And I remember praying for patience. And my God, okay? Like, I had so many opportunities to be patient. It was insane. That's before I knew how God answers prayer. (laughs) It's kind of comical, right? But maturing your patience is key. A lot of times that requires being calm under pressure. I had worked in a corporate position at one point and we were using the analogy of a duck, right? Where it's just calm, cool, collected on the surface, but underneath the water, they're paddling like, right? So there's some truth to that, but I, I would say there was no spirituality to that. Like, yes, you want to be calm. You want to be cool. You want to be collected, but you also want your soul to match that. Okay. That's not something that you just pretend to do, it is something that you have to have faith to do because it's going to require you not giving into this discomfort or you reading into everything or leaning on your own understanding, but maturing your patience, okay? So that you can be patient in these times where you can be patient in these times that you would otherwise freak out or phone a friend and vent or whatever it is for you, whatever your pattern is, but mature your patience, right? And you can do that by waiting on God because that same patiently waiting on God, you can bring that to other situations without being so quick to react to them. And lastly, number eight, we've made our way here. Number eight is eliminate the leeches. Okay, you've all seen a leech. It's gross. Not a fan. Please don't watch a lot of videos because they're nasty, right? But leeches are people that are takers. They're users. They take, take, take. They have no intention of giving back to you at all. And you really, in times of high anxiety for you, when you are already on limited resources, need to eliminate the leeches. You need all the strength that you have right now. And people not people needing you does not equate to them deserving you. And so it's really important to distinguish the difference here. Yes, by all means, serve, okay? And, and serve your way out of things, but Be very aware of the leeches, people that don't give back to you, people that don't care about you, people that show up just to take from you and have no intention of giving back, people that show and demonstrate consistent patterns of using you, right? And you can feel your energy around them. Do you feel like you have less energy immediately? Do you feel some sort of darkness or negativity when you think about this person, right? These people, whoever it is for you, eliminate the leeches, eliminate the takers, eliminate the users, put a do not disturb on your life (laughs) for these people because you need all the strength that you have right now. And you can even say that. You can use your no. No, I can't do that. No, I'm not available at this time. No, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. Use your no. You don't have to explain your kindness. You don't have to explain what you got going on to make yourself look like a good person to anybody else. Use your no and be okay about that. (laughs) All right. So let me take you through all eight of these real quick. Number one, 
when we're in high times of anxiety, here's our eight keys that you can implement. Number one is quiet yourself. Number two is process whatever you're going through by being grateful. Number three is resist the tendency to magnify moments of pressure. They're not as bad as we make them up to think. Number four, acknowledge whatever you're experiencing and let it pass through you. Number five, work through it. Work through it. Don't run from it. Work through it. Number six, serve your way out. Get your focus off yourself and serve your way out. Number seven, mature your patience. And number eight, eliminate the leeches. So these are a few keys that I've learned to really overcome anxiety through many seasons of turbulence and transition. And I hope they they serve you. I have a feeling that they will, but they work if you work them, okay? <laughs> so that's my encouragement. Write down, highlight, focus on the one that you need most right now. And if you have a friend that needs to hear this word, make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you know anytime a new word is coming out, copy the link and send this to a friend. It's easy to copy and paste it into a text message, drop it in an email, send them a DM, whatever you got to do, but make sure that you are that one that shares. Sharing is caring, okay? And if you could use some additional resources. I know that I was hungry for them. I was starved for them. You can visit julianapage.com. There's a couple of great books over there. There is a self-mastery course, which is life-changing. I wish I would have had that earlier in my life. And there's other consulting services that will bless your soul. So go check out julianapage.com. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Miss Juliana Page for just daily life happenings. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.